You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 14th, episode 3114. Good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday... And it doesn't get much better than best conditioned. And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. That's right. And welcome to the endurance episode that we do here the second Tuesday of every month on Horses in the Morning. Karen is back today. So, Karen, uh, there's a lot going on in the endurance world. Tell us what we're going to talk about today. Yes, there is. We're going to be talking about both the AERC National Championship and the World Championships. So the World Championships this year, was this the one that was postponed from last year or is this a new one? I'm Um, trying to keep track. (laughs) They were um, canceled or, you know, maybe postponed. I'm not sure what the correct terminology is um, from earlier uh, or actually, I believe, probably late last fall maybe yeah, they were last the ones September. that were supposed to be in Italy right yes yeah. yes okay. and so then they got rescheduled and now they're going to be in du- Dubai all right then we're going to have a couple of riders i'm excited to talk to them it must be fun you know it it's, must be fun and nerve-wracking and all that stuff and i don't know is this their first time going to a worlds i know they have both competed internationally before but i'm not sure exactly what events hmm. There's not a real easy way to look that up because it's not included in the AERC database, uh, so but we can ask them. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find out all about that today. Yeah, And we're also going to talk about the National Championship Ride and where that's going to be held and what's all involved in that as well. So a lot of endurance competition coming up today in the show. Uh, but in the meantime, you should really move to Florida because it's nice and warm down here and the <laughs> endurance riders are getting to ride. And I know that you're just having the same weather up there in the mountains of Nevada. I know it's been weeks and weeks and weeks of snow and ice. And then finally, when it starts to melt, we're like, yay, finally. And then, of course, we turn into the like a swamp full of mud. (laughs) So it's been quite a workout trying to just horse keeping in the winter is a lot of extra work. It's quite a challenge. So I feel I mean, I really feel for the people in the northern climates that have to deal with winters like this every single year. It's interesting, too. Every year, it's different who gets the major snowfalls. And this year, it seems to be the Midwest, upper Midwest, and even California and you guys, right? The, so, the Sierras. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, Utah, I know the mountains of Utah have been getting hammered as well. Uh, But yet, I talk to people up in, you know, uh, Pennsylvania and up in the Northeast, and they haven't been getting as much in some of the areas as they usually get. So, wow. uh, Wow. So it's just your turn, Karen. It is. And it's been (laughs) so cold. We had weeks where we weren't even getting up to freezing and down to single digits at night or even in the minus 
temperature ranges, which I know the Northeast, they had some really crazy minus temperatures a couple weeks back. Remember that? So you have barn cameras. What do your horses do when it gets really super cold? Because I know you can watch them. Yes, this is the funny part. I've been catching Jovi. He gets, you know, I've got him kind of legged up really good. So he's, they're both getting really fit. And so the other morning I caught him on the camera. He was literally spinning circles like a cutting horse in place. And then he would stop and reverse and go the other way. And then he would buck a couple bucks and then he'd spin around again. And then he would take off. And I'm thinking, man, that horse is literally going to be a blast to ride. <laughs> it's like, once I'm brave enough to get back on him, I think I'm going to maybe lunge him first. <laughs> yeah, maybe a good idea. <laughs> so so you, maybe you just, he's an Arab or half Arab, I forget. He's Arab and the other's half uh, Anglo, he's an Anglo, so half thoroughbred, half Arab. But Jovi's a full Arab, maybe, you know, maybe uh-huh. raining is more going to be his Dad, I was just thinking, gosh darn, he's so agile and athletic. Yeah, he can do the spins, you know, sliding stops. He's probably got down to a pet, you know, science uh, yes, as well. Yes, they've been learning that <laughs> running in the mud and yeah. slipping and sliding. And um, yeah, so maybe he's, who knows what other careers he might have in his future. Yeah, I remember seeing a lot yeah. of Arabians in raining competitions. So, uh-huh. you know, there, there you go. If this yeah. whole endurance thing doesn't work out. He's a frisky critter. <laughs> yeah, they get, well, and they've worn blankets. I've had blankets on him during that real cold spell. You know, I try to take them off during the day. Um, but, you know, when it's windy and snowing all day, what's the point? So they wore blankets more this winter than I think I've ever blanketed a horse in the last 30 years. So what do you do feed-wise uh, for, you know, you, so you've got a couple of Arabians and, you know, they're pretty fit. And you, you do when it's not super muddy, you do get to ride them and keep them uh-huh. fit. So what do you do in the wintertime when there's no grass? How do you feed? How much do you feed and what do you feed? Um, well, they get a complete feed, and I carry warm water out to the barn uh, two or three times a day. I have these gallon containers I fill with hot water that helps speed up the mash. So they get that, and that helps keep them hydrated during bad weather spells. And then I make sure they have plenty of hay, and they have been eating lots of hay. What do you I've feed been, them hay-wise? Um, it's mostly a grass mix with a little alfalfa in it. Okay. And a high percentage of grass, and they love it. But yeah, I think all my friends in the area have reported that their horses are really going through the hay this winter because we want to, um, you know, keep them warm at night. So of course they are because sure they it's have... the most expensive it's been in thirty years. <laughs> Ever. So that's I know the, everything yeah. is. That's right. So we're going to eat more of it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got that's... to though. What do you? You don't have a choice. Well, and my horses always all seem to end up being easy keepers. So there's that fine line between, you know, you want to have them eating around the clock to stay warm and, you know, for their gut health. But you also don't want them getting fat. <laughs> Do you feed any supplements? Um, well, their complete feed has all yeah. the supplements in it that they need. It's like the uh, all-purpose vitamin for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. what I'm going to ask is, we don't have a sponsor on this episode for feed. Do you do you feed a particular brand? I do, but it's a local mill that makes oh. it in California, and it's called Stable Mix. They actually are in um, quite a few feed stores and in Tractor Supply, 
And fortunately for me, they have it at my local feed store in 250 pound barrels. Really? So, so I get two barrels a month, which is 500 pounds. Uh huh. Wow. Which is very convenient. Um, And you know, there's not a lot of local mills left anymore. I know. I know. I imagine it's, you know, and prices on that have gone up as well. The benefit of it is not just that it's got all the minerals and vitamins and probiotics and all that in it, but that um, that I can get it in the large, you know, barrels. But the main part that I like is that it reduces the amount of hay that I need to have. Right. There you go. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, yeah. I did see yeah. I did see a study, I forget who did it, that people now compared to three years ago estimate that they're paying 25 to 50% more if they add in the cost increases on feed and hay. Oh, gosh, that, that would be a low end around here. Yeah, I, think I know. I think so, too. Here in Florida, it's probably 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When the, I'll just casually ask the feed store, so how much is a bale of hay these days, you know? And they'll tell me something like 35 or $36. Yeah, that's about what we're yeah, yeah, so I'm getting it for a little less than that from my hay guy that I've been buying from for decades. But it still has gone up quite a bit. So I mean, Florida's warm, but hay is expensive. <laughs> so, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. everything has to be shipped in, you know. Oh, okay. we don't really grow hay. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Jennifer's been feeding more peanut, which is something that I had never heard of until I moved to Florida. Yeah, I don't, we really don't have that around here. No, no, it's something that yeah. if you live in the north, you've probably uh-huh. never heard of peanut hay, yet Scooter will, will run they, your ass over for a flake of peanut hay. They like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why it's all, like the stalks are, I don't know, they look pokey, you know, and, uh-huh. and they look hard and pokey and it does not look, a, it does not look appealing in the least, peanut hay. Oh, okay, but, yeah. Yeah. But they eat it and they love it. <clears throat> See, mine love their stable mix and they're they're getting their formula is called the sport horse formula. So it's formulated for actively working horses and they love it so much that if I give them hay first, they stand there staring at me going, well, where's the good stuff? We, we want the good stuff. <laughs> so they're demanding <laughs> and they've got me trained. <laughs> they all do. Yes, all of us. All, of us trained. all right, let's get to your endurance tip. So what are we going to talk about today? I just thought we would revisit a little bit about the practice of doing trot outs after we do our training rides and talking a little bit about the benefit of that and while also doing a CRI at home. All right. So a CRI has been proven to be a really useful what is a CRI? tool. It's a cardiac recovery index. And what it does is it measures your horse's heart rate at this at the beginning before you trot out. And then you're going to trot out 125 feet and back. And then you wait uh, a minute, 60 seconds from the initial pulse taking. And then you recheck the pulse again. And that's going to give you an idea of your horse's fitness level. You want the CRI to remain about the same or even to drop. If it goes up, it's going to show you that your horse might be in some sort of distress or that something maybe isn't right. You know, it could also be that it's 
the conditions are hot and humid, so you might get a poor CRI. And if that happens at a ride, a lot of times the vets might ask you to recheck your horse after your um, vet check break time is up. Uh, but it's all, it, it's a really good way to to check the metabolic health of your horse and also doing the trot outs. It's also going to alert you uh, if there's something else brewing, some sort of lameness or other kind of issue that you might not notice if you just come home from a training ride and put your horse up. Um, it's very good to practice the trot outs regularly. That way you're, you know, in practice, your horse is in practice and knows what to expect and uh, and you get better and better and more proficient at it so that you look like you know what you're doing when you get to an endurance ride. Um, I bet you that my heart rate would be much worse off than his <laughs> <laughs> after the shot out. <laughs> I know, I know. So, you know, it's, they say to do 125 feet, which is about 45 steps. So you can kind of measure that out. Um, you know, you can actually measure it or you can just sort of guesstimate. Like if you know your fence um, posts are maybe six or eight feet apart, you can kind of factor that out and, and make a little All right. So before mark. you go on, I wanted to ask you. So, you know, I've watched a lot of trot outs at different shows, right? Um, mm-hmm. Events mostly. So when they start the trot out, they're, so they're taking the pulse before they trot. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're looking for lameness too when they do the trots. But um, right. so they do the trot out. You you run your hundred and forty five twenty five feet down and hundred twenty five feet back. Uh, you're running. They're trotting. Um, so when you get back, do they wait sixty seconds from the time you return, or is it sixty seconds from the initial one? From the time they took the first pulse. So you got to get back in sixty seconds. Right. So <laughs> it, it depends. You know. You'll watch some of the more, um, you know, seasoned riders and some of them will trot faster than others, uh, you know, and it's and that's a matter of knowing your horse. Is your horse going to do better if you trot faster and then it has a few more seconds before it gets the second pulse taken or is it better to trot a little slower, uh, you know, so that's where it's a good idea to practice this ahead of time and get to, you know, become familiar with your horse. Well, not only that, we've all seen the trots where the horse ends up rearing and carrying on and being a total nut. Um, right, and that right. doesn't help his pulse rate either. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's just good because now your horse learns, okay, this is what we're doing. We're trotting, we're trotting this far. When you get to the end, you stop. I always keep my horse on the right side. I, okay. That's the theory anyway, right? That's yeah. what you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so you trot out, you get to the end, and then you stop. And you, I like to turn to the right where I go around the horse, and then I trot back. And then you want to make sure you stop before you run the vet over. <laughs> so there you go. That's another good reason to be practicing. So your horse learns when you trot back that we're going to stop right here. And not keep going and run anybody over. <laughs> it is interesting because, especially, I would say in three day events, you'll see them where they'll keep the hot uh, horses. They don't stop at the other end, right? They keep the horses moving, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just because they don't. You, the horses are probably a little hot, and they don't want to. You know, they don't want to stop because then things can go wrong, right? So uh-huh. they keep their feet moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Right. And and I should mention also, most rides these days usually use a pulse rate between 60 and 64. On the West Coast, I think most of our rides here are 60. Um, other regions, because of conditions and stuff are varying things, they'll use 64. So you want your CRI to be in that range or lower. So if you do a trot out and your horse goes, say, from 56 or 60 up to 68 or 72 or something, then that's usually when the vets are going to, um, you know, pay closer attention and maybe have you do a recheck. So the, in the recheck, a lot of, I know sometimes they're obviously looking for leanness. They want to see if the horse just made a bad step or something. Um, mm-hmm. But they're also taking a look at the heart rate. In endurance, do they look at the lameness as much as they look? Do, are both of these equal? They're Yes, they're both um uh, items that can get you pulled or, you know, cause a heart, recheck. So there's not a flat heart rate. Like if it's over 72, you're definitely getting pulled. They're just going to take a closer look. You know, it depends. Yes, I've had um, horses where their CRIs have gone up on the, you know, the second number. And the vet says, bring the horse back after your hour hold and we'll recheck. And then they're, and then they pass and they're fine. Um, but uh, on the other hand, some horses might not be. Um, you just, you, you know, that's why it's good to get the, you know, get it, get in the practice of doing it so that you're aware of what your horse tends to do. And then also that's going to tell you on your training rides, are you maybe training too hard or pushed your horse, you know, too much in those conditions, depending what they are. And, and so then you, you know, because you're going your goal is you want to be able to do a CRI and hopefully have it go say from 60 to 56 or something like that, rather than the other way around. So in endurance, when do they do the CRIs? A, a lot of the vets do them at every vet check. Okay. And is it after you've come back for a while or right when you get back? It, it's usually when you vet. And different rides have different systems with how they get you through the vet check. Some want you to vet right away to keep the flow going, while others want you to wait for, say, half an hour before you go vet. Um, it, it's just it, each ride is a little bit different. And they explain all that to you usually at the ride meetings with how they're set up with how they want things to flow. All right. Very good. Well, I'll tell you what I will do for everybody, because this is a lot of numbers and things. Um, So what I'll do is I will just, you got uh, some notes out of the AERC Writer's Handbook, and I will actually post those in the show notes as well, right there on your phone. So if you scroll left or right, or up or down, depending on your program, you'll be able to see those in there with the numbers and the whole thing. So uh, I think that would be a, a good way in mm-hmm. case you uh, got confused in the middle of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can just take a look and read it for yourself. All right, let's get to Kristen at the Distance Depot. Well, our n- next guest is Kristen from the Distance Depot. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you. Good morning. Well, let's talk about the AERC convention that's coming up. I hear that the Distance Depot is going to be there. We are going to be there. We're very excited because the convention this year is in Jacksonville, Florida. And where do you um, live, the, Kristen? Remind everybody. In, in Missouri, 20 hours away. <gasps> 20 hours. <laughs> 20 hours, yeah, yes, I can tell you, though, it's mm-hmm. going to be in the 80s this week. So uh, you oh. have that to look forward to. 
I know. I'm so, we are very excited. We've been packing up for what seems to be about two weeks. <laughs> and then, you know, we get it all there and unload it all and set it all up like our store. So they'll be able to shop till they drop. Um, and the dates for that are February 24th and 25th. And then from there, I think we have a few days. We head to the Fitz Endurance Festival, which is over there in Williston, Florida. And so they have lots of endurance races going on for that event. And I know a lot of your listeners have already contacted us about being there. And, you know, are we going to be there? And we certainly are. So things are <laughs> happening here in Ocala. Inventory. They're happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And that's March 2nd through the 4th? That is the 2nd through the 4th. Yep. At, at um, the Fitz Endurance Festival. Yep. In Williston, Florida. And that's the so one we're where excited about that. They'll ride in the Gothi Forest then. Yes, that. they will. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful forest. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They have great driving trails there, too. Yes, they do. Yep. Well, Black Prong yep. driving a, um, facility is there, and they've done so much work. There's a new restaurant. Have you seen the new restaurant? I have not, but we, we oh have to get God. over to Black Prong. We haven't been it, there in a yes. long time. Pretty spectacular. It's yeah. a great place, too. It's such a horsey area. It's beautiful. Well, tell us about your new Carrot Spring line. We- Yeah, we do have the new spring line trickling in. (laughs) And um, if they want to visit any of these products that I'm about to talk about, they're on our new page. So they're easily accessible and we'll be adding them, you know, as they come in because it's not quite spring yet. I don't know about you guys, but we're having pouring (laughs) rain. It is warm, not Florida warm, but um, for for our um, area, it is pretty warm. So we're looking forward to spring so we can talk about this spring line. We have some great things, some really nice um, mesh cool gloves. So the whole top of the glove is open and airy and the bottom of the glove is tactified enough that you can hold your reins without slipping. And of course, they've made them touch screen friendly. So you can use them if you need to use your phone. You can still keep your gloves on. But a super new glove um, we're excited about to keep our riders cool. And, of course, we have all of their socks with fun designs and new colors. They have great sort of cocopelli type um, horses on their socks. I'm always It's always fun to see what Carrots does with their designs. And, and they have a great um, spring line with items with fun horses on them. And um, mm-hmm. the Icefill products, of course, which are awesome for keeping you cool. They cool you with your body's own perspiration up to about five degrees so pretty nice when you're out there going down the trail when it's boiling hot um i know so i love, love carrot the, stuff yeah we love their ice fill line and great new colors um we have and and their colors all tie together so their dancing horse tees will match the ice fill tights and the socks tie in and then your ice fill shirts so it's it's a fun line to mix and match pieces and keep you cool and comfortable in the saddle so if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that, Kristen? Well, they can visit us um, at thedistancedepot.com and or give us a call toll-free 866-863-2349. Our next guest is Linda Parrish, who is the AERC National Championship Ride Manager. She's in Texas and she's joining us this morning to tell us about the upcoming 2023 AERC National Championship Ride. Welcome, Linda. Well, thank you, Karen. Well, how long have you been managing rides? Um, Bo and I started managing back in 1984. <laughs> 
Oh, and so you're managed... new then, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, relatively new, yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, the national championship is going to be held at the Armadillo Endurance Ride, which I understand is one of the longest running rides in Texas. Yes, it is. It was started back in 1981 and uh, has been held almost every year since then. Wow. Well, tell us about the ride. Where is it located and and what's the trails like and whatever else you can think of? Uh, Kennard, that's K-E-N-N-A-R-D, Texas, is located... Uh, about halfway between Lufkin and Crockett. Um, we are in the Davy Crockett National Forest, and we have a lot of pine trees with some oaks and, you know, different little, little trees. And um, because the U.S. Forest Service is over it, it gets logged now and again. So we have some open areas where you can really make time. Uh, yeah. what's the footing it, like oh the, the <laughs> it depends on each year right now we haven't been out on trails because it's so wet but um it dries out pretty fast it's a loamy soil that uh, but there's a lot of tree roots that help make sure that you don't sink down into any mud um We've we've had really really dry years where it's dusty, and we've had some really wet years. It just uh, it's a nice little gently rolling trail that the humidity is the only factor that really holds horses back. You have mm -hmm. to you have to uh, watch what the the weather is like for that day, and. Uh, Right accordingly. So mm -hmm. this is going to be in October, right? Yes. So what is it still? I live in Florida, so it's still hot in October here in Florida. Is it still the same in Texas? You're still hot and humid at that point? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, each year I have someone that asks, uh, what's the weather going to be like? We have had anywhere from up into the 90s down to eight degrees. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So bring layers. That's a key. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, uh, it, we, we really never know what Texas go, is going to throw at us. I, I'm just stuck, Karen, on the fact that we're doing the National Endurance Ride at Davy Crockett National Forest. That's yes. appropriate. That's just perfect. <laughs> I love it. So tell us about the ride camp. Ride camp is on private land. It's uh, it's our. We have thirty acres, and we have open pasture and wooded area. And if we have so many people come that we have to overflow, we've overflow into Bo's brother's place, which is just on the other side of the fence. Oh, that works good. <laughs> it is. It's really great. Um. So you can have pins, you can tie to trees and run, you know, high lines, uh, just whatever your little heart desires. 
All right. So I'm going to cover the qualifications really quickly here for the 50 mile um, AERC national championship. The horse must have 300 AERC lifetime miles of 50, 50 mile rides or more. The rider must have 300 AERC rides of uh, 50 miles or more, and they need to have 100 miles together as a team doing 50s. For the 100 mile, the um, requirements are 500 miles for the horse lifetime, 500 miles for the rider. Uh, they must have one day 100 mile AERC ride together as a team or a two day 100 mile ride or two back to back 50 mile rides. And uh, I also know that in past championships, they've also allowed riders to ride uh, that aren't qualified if they are willing to take on sponsoring a junior. Yeah, I, I would um, under AERC rules. Yes, a junior can be sponsored by a non-entered rider. Right. Okay. Um, but with Armadillo this year, the office has very graciously allowed us to uh, hold our Armadillo ride in conjunction with the national championship. Okay. So if if a rider hasn't qualified and can't qualify before October, then they can enter uh, just the regular Armadillo ride. Okay. Good. That's terrific. And so I see October 19th is the 50 and October 21st is the 100. Yes. Yes. And so, in, in between there, we're going to have an LD ride. Okay. If, okay. if you want to just come and play. <laughs> I gotcha. And are you looking for volunteers and extra help? Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> 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 that would be greatly appreciated if anybody can do come and do that. Okay. Uh, how far how far are you away from a town with amenities or anything like that? Crockett is 20 miles away. They okay. have hotels, restaurants, uh, a Walmart. <laughs> um and Lufkin is uh 36 miles going east, and Nacogdoches, which is a college town or university, excuse me, they've they've become a university, um, they are 40 miles away. So we're, we're fairly kind of remote. Uh, yes. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> if anybody's used to living in the city, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a drive. If you're used mm -hmm. to living in the country, uh, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So what are you planning for meals? My my youngest son uh, and his wife and, and children and their military friends come out and cook for us. Oh, that's cool. And they, they serve anything like chicken and dumplings, which includes veggies in there. Um, to hamburgers, hot dogs, and on in the past, um, on Sunday morning we have a, a a big breakfast, which has always been our our um, accommodations. I mean, we people stay over just for the breakfast because they are wonderful cooks. 
<laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it's always good to get a nice breakfast before a long drive home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they have learned because of me, I like my veggies. And so they fix onions and peppers and spinach and all kinds of stuff to go with your bacon and eggs. <laughs> Okay. So somebody wants to learn more about the national championship or get in touch with you to volunteer or whatnot. What's the best way to to get in touch? Is it through AARC or the Texas Endurance Riders Group? Uh, Texas Endurance Riders would be a wonderful way of contacting me. Okay. And that's, uh, I see the website is TXEnduranceWriters.com. And yes, they're known as... Texas Endurance Writers Association. Well, I wanted to mention for the auditors that we're going to be doing a post show. Karen and I are going to be hanging around talking about rockets. I have I did something fun last week. I got to talk to her about. Uh, of course, Karen's husband is a big space guy with like a huge enormous telescope, and we're also going to talk. Karen's a huge TV and movie fan, so we'll find out what you're watching right now. So we're excited. Coming up next, we have a mother-daughter duo who are heading off to a world championship. So I wonder how many times that's happened, that uh, that a mother and daughter have been on any U.S. team for anything. Not often. Probably not. No. Uh, Valerie Canavy and her daughter. Yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. there's one. Yeah. And I'm sure other sports, there's a few, but I, I'm sure it's rare. So we have a Karen DiCamillo coming on along with her daughter, Jessica DiCamillo. And they're married, too, and they have married names. But those are the ones we know them by in the, in the endurance world. So we're going to talk to them about how excited they are to be traveling overseas in the next couple of days. Well, thank you, Karen and Jessica, for joining us this morning. We're so excited for you that you made the team. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about your history riding and about your horses. I've been endurance riding, oh, man, over 30 years. And I, I love the sport, love sharing the sport. But when I had my daughter, Jessica, being able to go out on trail with her. What, Marissa's like my adopted daughter because she's Jessica's best friend. So this is mom and her two daughters, in case you need that. <laughs> right, that's okay. even better. I love that. That's oh my gosh. great. And, and, you know, somebody says, what's your proudest moment? Well, my two protégés. I mean, they love the sport. They're great at it. And if somebody asks me who's the best, I have to say, well, I've, I, I've trained them, so they're better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we, we've got a nice set of horses that we're, we're working with. And it, it wasn't like, this is my horse, this is your horse. We just worked on whose personality worked out best with the horses. And then that horse kind of claim the person and that's the way it went so uh it's 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 been a journey but it's been a wonderful journey okay jessica is this going to be the first time that you've competed internationally uh, this is jessica no i've actually been to abu dhabi back in 2013 and uh, dubai 2019 and we went to italy unfortunately we get to race in italy but no i've been i've been internationally Jessica, oh, cool. I got a question for you. When you were there before, did they put you up in one of those big fancy hotels, like super yes, fancy? Yes, they did. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, Dubai, they put us in a pretty good, I say over five-star hotel. It was really nice. Um, wow. They gave us tickets to go down to the horse racetrack. We had a racetrack outside our hotel room, so um, like at 3 in the morning, they're out there exercising. The I know exactly yeah. which hotel. Yeah. You were at a five-star hotel. I know exactly which <laughs> <Yeah>. one that <laughs> is. So, it, I mean, we had great time over there, and we can't wait to go back and race. Our horses did great. 
and the terrain is awesome over there. What? Tell us about that. What's the terrain like? Uh, sandy, so we don't have to worry about the rocks. We have rocks in New Mexico, and so that's always a challenge with our horses. Of you know, they live in rocks. We have to compete in rocks, but when it's sand, we go down south where my mom lives and so we have the sand to race in and so the horses have all kinds of climate to be in and different grounds and so that's been really awesome to take our horses that way and that way they can make sure they're in the climate and in the sand and the soil that they'll be racing in. So Karen is it going to be a lot like it is in New Mexico heat wise or? Heat wise yes Um, and and I was in Dubai um, back in 2000 and I thought, oh, my gosh, there's got to be sand. So I went out in my backyard, and we've got some sugar sand hills, and that's all I conditioned that horse on for a, a month, thinking that we were going to be running in the sand, sand, sand. And we got over there, and I was like, wow, I've been training a little over hard for this. <laughs> so, so, you know, being, being uh, uh, I don't know, didn't know what we were expecting at, at that time. For the next couple times we went over the training, we didn't have to go in the quite deep sand. So it's been just a whirlwind. You have uh, a Karen, yeah, go ahead. Uh, go Karen. ahead. Go no, you go ahead, Glenn. You have a pretty good team too, and a lot of them have been on our show. So you have Jeremy Reynolds on the team with you, uh, of course, you guys, and and uh, Cheryl uh, Van Dusen is on the team. So you got you yes. have a pretty good team. Yeah, we're 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 hoping that uh, you know the the we're hopeful that uh, our our feet will hit the ground solid and sound, and we complete a hundred mile and bring home a team medal for USA. That'd be great. And yeah, I left Marissa out because she's your other daughter, and you already mentioned her. So <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, I know you did. I did, I know, but it was okay. I knew exactly that she was right there with us. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> she definitely is. So tell us, Karen, about your horse, and then Jessica about the one you're riding. Oh my goodness. Uh, Jessica, you want to talk about Rose? So the three horses that are actually going have been with me up north all summer long and I was getting them ready for Italy. So I've been spending a lot of time with them. They would come up and help me ride with them. And, and mom gets a, the privilege of riding Rose. She's our big bay tall mare and she's just a dream to ride. She's nice and smooth. Um, mom and her get along good. And so that's a good thing because if she was riding my other horse, Rocket, the one that I'm riding. They, they, they have different personalities, but uh, Rose is one of those horses that me and her can share really well. And she, like I said, she's got a lot of legs and she's going to do good over there. She has the sweetest personality. Jessica, I have to say that when you name your horse Rocket, you're destined to have a horse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. His real name is like, I remember September, but I call him Rocket. Yeah. Well, <laughs> usually when a horse is named Rocket, you know their personality. Exactly yeah. what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, just watching them over the whole, this whole year, you know, like I was saying that I, you know, we started to, you know, we had October was going to be the world and it's like, okay, we got a peak, peak, peak. We got it. Right. Hey, um, you know, got let down that, you know, it's not happening in Italy. Okay. So, you know, that their little break off and it was like, okay, what's next. And then when they said UAE, it's like, okay, I'm coming down South. Cause I live up in angel fire. That's where the horses were conditioning for Italy up in 9,000 elevation. I was like, okay, well, I need to come down to the sand the sand and train they don't need mountains and and grass fields to be racing in so i brought brought the horses down and and been training them there and just seeing them improve over the time has been wonderful i think i've created little monsters pretty much (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. well karen tell us right now what's the process this week with you guys you're in texas i understand getting ready and getting your 
final vet checks and everything for travel. We have uh, yes. house mm -hmm. tickets today and make sure we're clear to get on the airplane. We had our um, veterinarian exam yesterday and we all of our three horses passed and they're looking great. And so this week we're just slowly, you know, not slowly, but, you know, doing our doing our thing, conditioning them, keeping them health, healthy and happy and and wait until we ship out on the morning, I think at what, 3 a.m. on the 17th. A lot of a lot of uh, TLC going into these horses. A lot of love. A lot of hand locking. A lot, we've got a racetrack out here to go around. Thank God none of our horses have been on the racetrack, so we don't have any flashbacks or anything like that. But they're just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the the facility we're at right now is is wonderful, and uh, our we've got nice big stalls. We've got a turnouts for them to be in. Um, what's our biggest struggle right now? Getting our tack boxes underweight. No. <laughs> <laughs> So isn't that everybody's I mean, struggle when they travel? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and remember, we're we're girls, and we have a tendency of overpacking everything, and so it's <laughs> like, okay, it, I we opened the boxes the other day when it was raining. We itemized everything in there, and it was like, there's nothing I can take out. Oh, and we find one little thing, like, oh, this buckle, we don't need it. And I'm like, we might put that back in. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh funny. my goodness! Oh, so, I'm glad to and, see that top level professional riders are the same as everybody else. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and to put that in the same perspective, it's like, you know, our, we get a carry on onto the airplane. Most of the time our carry ons are saddles. It's like, okay, if the horses and the saddles get there and our helmets, we're good to go. Yeah. yeah you can ride. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the important yeah, stuff. That's right. Holy <laughs> exactly. Now, yeah. did I and then Did I read that Dubai stepped up and are they paying for all the flights? The they're they're paying for the horses' flights. Yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, and 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 you're talking to a mom that's like, woohoo, um, shipping three horses out of my pocketbook. I'm like, yes, we we had the fourth horse, the alternate horse, also, and uh, but we're only going to ship the three. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, that, yeah, okay. it's terrific. Yeah, we had the fourth horse in in the hole there, so we we uh, decided we're just only going to take three and focus on them. Well, this is so exciting. I'm so excited for you guys. How long did this whole process take for you guys to get qualified to do this? It takes about three years to get the horses at the level we're at. But we started this adventure six years ago. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. we, we talked it over. We started the bank accounts going and uh, went out and looked for a string of horses and went from well, 12 horses down to six to get these athletes that we have. Yep. We didn't try to force any horses to do something that they didn't want to do. These horses, they, they all want to do this sport. And we yeah. like horses that have the heart to, to compete. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so when you, when you look at our records and like, where's that horse, where's that horse? Well, they, they didn't want to compete at this level. So they're back into an, a, a good solid home for them. We're at home. So we're waiting for us to get back home. Yeah, we're, we're standing at home going, okay, what's next for us? Uh, but so so when you say, how long did it take? We've been working on this for six years. Yep. Actually, it's taken a lifetime, really, when you think yeah, about well, it. Well, that, that it did. That it there did. is that. Uh -huh. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not going to talk about what age we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish you guys the best of luck, the whole team. Uh, we're rooting for you guys. I know this has been a change and change and change again. Uh, but this time, it, it looks like you're actually going to get there and get to ride. So, well, uh, it is, it's the third time, so third time's a charm, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. So good luck uh -huh. to the entire U.S. team and to you guys sp you. specifically, and uh, we'll be rooting good for luck. you. Good luck.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully we get to Hey, hopefully we'll get to do another interview when we get home. Yeah, definitely. We definitely want to do that for sure. We want to hear about how how everything went. That sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I'm so excited for them. They sounded so excited to be going over there, and they've both been there before, so that's fun. Right. And, and uh, yeah, sounds like we have a really good team going. I hope they do well. And it sounds like Dubai puts them up in really nice hotels and get, feeds them good food. So <laughs> that's good. <too. laughs> good. That's good, too. I know exactly a- which hotel she was showing uh, showing because I just watched a travel show where they stayed in that hotel that overlooked the track. Wow. Yeah. And it was it was a five star all the way. So th- this is probably the nicest accommodations they're going to have before a ride. No kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not what we were talking about earlier in the show where you're parked in a field with your living quarters, which hasn't been cleaned in 10 years. So this will be a little different than that. <laughs> so good luck to all of them. National Convention, of course, is coming up. Is there big rule changes in the works or is it? I haven't seen any. Um, you know, they will be installing some new board of directors and uh, they haven't announced who those are yet. So I can't really talk about that. But uh, they do have a lot of nice seminars coming up, a nice lot of education. They're shopping with vendors. You, you know, Distance Depot is going to be there. So anybody interested, it's going to be in Jacksonville uh, Riverfront Hotel on February 24th and 25th. Uh, actually, it's Hyatt Regency, Jacksonville Riverfront in yeah, Jacksonville, it's nice, Florida. It's actually a nice uh, place. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's a nice, nice hotel. They're going to have perfect weather. It's right on the water, you know, right near the ocean. So they're going to have a good time. Well, Karen, thank you for putting this together. We, we, as I said, wish the team the best of luck over there. And we'll have a, hopefully we can have them back on next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they get back to the United States, that'll be fun to get caught up with them and find out exactly how they did. Yep, I hope it goes well for all of them. You can find all the past episodes of The Endurance Show just by going to horsesinthemorning.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page, click on the Endurance banner, and that'll take you to all the episodes that Karen has done over the last 25 years. <laughs> Seems like that sometimes. I don't <laughs> 10 know. 10 years been, almost. It's been 10. Almost yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's a time long flies. time. You can definitely say you have the longest running endurance podcast in the world. There's no question about that. How about that? that? Yeah, <laughs> you can definitely say that. I, I don't even know if there's any others, but you have the longest. Uh, An so. endurance show that endures. Yeah, I like that's, that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You went the full 100 miles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have we, anybody checked our blood pressure or pulse lately? <laughs> <laughs> blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. I know. What's my CRI? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I You know, I wonder what a human CRI would be like if we tested ours along with the horses on those trot outs. <laughs> okay, the next I have a smartwatch and I'm sure you do too. So uh-huh. so the next show we will do our our pulse at the beginning of the show and again okay. at the end of the show and we'll see That'll how we be compare. Fun. We'll okay. see if it's higher or lower at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so well, today it'd be higher because we had a little, we had some problems that you guys didn't hear to get in connections and things. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. Hold on, auditors. We'll be back with a post show. In the meantime, Karen, have a terrific month. And happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Ah.
time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. So, Karen, I have to tell you, uh, well, we'll remind auditors that are brand new. We have a lot of new auditors that uh, just give us a quick rundown on on your husband. He has like a super telescope with the dome thing that opens up and the whole thing, right? Right. Yes. And he actually has a new mount on order that he's so excited to be getting. And so his um, kind of mount and our kind of mount are different. Yes. (laughs) Uh, uh, This, although... There are similarities, as in uh, his mount probably cost as much as my mount. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Two expensive habits. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So so he is a true astronomer, and you post pictures occasionally, the most incredible pictures that he's taken of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yesterday you posted one of a, a dust storm? You know, and it's so, I mean, when you read the descriptions, it's so mind-blowing. It is. Because it makes you realize we're just one little speck in the whole universe. This dust storm contained enough for like 200 suns or something. It was crazy, Uh crazy stuff. Exactly. And Uh so pretty. I mean, all those pictures are just beautiful. It's neat. And they take hours and hours and days uh, where we have to have, you know, clear skies with no clouds in order to get the photos because they have really long exposures and then he stacks them. So it takes a lot of processing power, a lot of time. And he's always learning new software. It, it's really a pretty cool process. Now, is there somebody, official government organization or somebody, that wants these photos then for record? I don't I don't know. You know, there's a lot of amateur astronomers in, in our area, but all around that, um, you know, some do really good. I mean, some of his photos are really exceptional, and he's gotten way better over the years at it. Well, we were on a cruise last week, and we left out of Cape Canaveral. So on the day we left, we were leaving port at 5 o'clock. And Cape Canaveral, literally, you can see the launch pads for all the rockets from where we leave port. They're right there. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. It is cool. And we were supposed to have a launch at 5.30. So we were only going to be a half an hour out, and we'd be able to watch from the back of the ship a launch which would have been absolutely incredible, right? Because we'd have been close. And it would have been a view that people would, you know, pay big bucks to go out in ships and actually watch this. And it was one of the big rockets going off, too. The one, the kind that they actually drop the main part down onto a ship and, and salvage it. You know, it uh-huh. lands on yeah. a ship in the ocean. So it was a big one. And of course, it gets postponed. <laughs> So it was postponed for three hours till 8.30, which was fine. It was going to be dark then, at least. So, you know, we'd watch the first one in the daylight, but it would have been right there. So now we're three hours down downstream, right? We're heading down the ocean, and we're three hours away now when we went up to watch it at 8.30. And it was dark, and it was clear, so we could see the launch, but it was basically a speck in the distance. It did come up over us, so we got to see a big trail, and then you got to see the main uh, you know thrusters stop and break you know break away you got to see that it was kind of over us but i'm sure it was like 80 miles up right uh-huh. um, so that was kind of cool everybody was excited you know half the ship was standing in the back of the boat watching this happen we didn't get to hear any of the sound we were too far away okay uh which is 
where we were, where if it had gone off on time, we would have got the boom for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would have been right there. But the cool. That's so neat. Yeah. And it was cool to be able to see it, you know, on a ship. Um, and then when we came back into Port of Cape Canaveral, I'm looking out. We had just docked. It was They always come in early. So it's like six o'clock in the morning. And it just started getting light out about seven o'clock. And here coming right beside us was the platform holding the rocket booster that had landed in the ocean there on the platform. And they were, wow. there were tugboats bringing it back in. So it went right by us. I got pictures of that. So we got That's to see, so we got to see full circle. We got to see it take off and then we got to see it come back in. I know, isn't it so cool when you watch the landings and they nail them just perfectly? Yeah. Just and you realize how much technology and engineering has gone into that. I mean, SpaceX has really revolutionized everything about the rockets and the boosters. The fact that they're able to reuse and reflight the rockets has brought us really. way forward over what NASA used to be doing. And and just the fact that now we can launch our own astronauts and supplies to the space station, we don't have to rely on Russia anymore. All of that is very cool. And it was very cool to see the whole life. Cycle. Yeah, it really was. It was that really is neat. Yeah, yeah, that would, you know, if I ever get Dave to Florida again, it will be to for sure to watch a SpaceX launch. Well, okay. Plan for a few extra days because they're always postponed. <laughs> exactly. That's you know we went there years ago to watch a space shuttle launch and uh, launch and it was postponed and we missed we didn't get to see it which was a bummer but we got to go and tour and and see everything which was always kind of a neat thing to do. Yeah, I mean it is worth going to Cape Canaveral just for the tours. Mm-hmm. I mean they're worth yeah. it. It's it is really cool and the way they present the space shuttle there uh-huh. is really neat. I mean it, they do it's it's a good show. To go do that. It is. Yeah, take it the is. bus ride out to the platforms and all that stuff. It's really cool. Um, uh, and SpaceX has a really good YouTube channel for those listening. If uh, you can go and watch some of the previous launches and landings, or um, we often watch them live, of course, because Dave always likes to see that. But it's just, it's the coolest thing um, to, to watch the, the the whole process, watching them when they launch a bunch of the uh, the satellites and and stuff like that, and then watching them come down and land, especially when they do like two of them side by side. So what uh, what have you been watching lately? Karen is also a huge Uh-oh. TV and movie fan. Well, actually, it was it was I was kind of teasing my husband the other night. I said that this new show, the show, the new season is coming out of the show I like to watch. And I said, and I'm going to go watch you tonight. (laughs) He says, well, that's not going to be very exciting. I'm not very exciting to watch. And I said, yeah, no, it's a show called you. Y-O-U. Is that your new favorite? I I don't know if it's my new favorite, but I've watched the other seasons and now I'm watching the new one. And it's taking, what's it about? uh, It's actually, it's, it's, Kind of, it's good. It's about a guy that, um, he's sort of a stalker kind of guy. He appears really normal and smart and intelligent and interesting. And then, uh, turns out he's not. (laughs) I mean, he is, but he's also for um, other reasons. Yeah. Other things go on in it. And, and so the new season's kind of interesting in that now he's always been kind of the one that's committing the crimes most of the time. And now he's, it's sort of a cat and mouse where somebody's 
um, playing him. So uh, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, so yeah, I've been kind of watching that show and 1923. I I'm watching that. That's another prequel to Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. How are you liking that? I, I haven't started it yet. I like it. Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren yeah. are in it. And then they're, I'm not sure if it's their son or nephew, uh, the, the guy that, uh, that, they're setting it up where I think he's going to end up being the the character that saves the, you know, saves the day, I guess, sort of thing, rides into town and turns out to be the hero. Um, but I'm liking it so far. Very good. And I think it's going to be a, a good one. And I know they've renewed it for a second season. So I've been watching that, um, you know, and uh, a lot of the shows are kind of in between seasons right now. I don't I can't really think of much else that that i've been watching that's um but those two shows are the ones i i like probably the most right now what about you well um you know i've been on this kick where i uh started i i never watched fbi or any of the ncis's mm -hmm. so i started i watched all the fbi's and you know did them all and then i started on the ncis's and i didn't when i started realize there's 20 seasons Oh my god. It gosh. has to be the longest running show ever. Um, mm -hmm. It's still going. And then there's a whole bunch of NCIS spin off shows too, which I haven't done any of those because I'm not through this 20 seasons yet. And I that know, was in like, the days when they made 22 episodes a season, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of things are smaller number of yeah. episodes now. <laughs> it's like, holy crap, this is going to take me 10 years to get through all these. But I'm <laughs> trudging through, you know, it's just so funny because I made this comment last night. I said, you know, it's amazing how many Navy people die and get murdered every day in the United States. <laughs> if you would watch this show, you would you would think uh, that there are Navy people getting murdered all over the United States every day. Uh -huh. That uh, that they get murdered in the most horrible ways, and that the NCSI agents uh, shoot everybody that's a suspect <laughs> every day. You know, uh -huh. you just and then the other thing that drives me nuts about these shows, and it was the FBI show and the NCIS show both, uh, drives me crazy. So they're going to talk to a suspect, quote unquote, and invariably from across the street, they will announce themselves so the guy has time to run. <laughs> Every <laughs> single time. I can see it coming. It's like, okay, we need a foot chase, so let's just announce ourselves from across the street instead give of waiting a, till we're right there. Give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It, it's like the shows where they're shooting all these guns and um, nobody's getting hit. Right. <laughs> you Except know. the good guys. Oh, they can shoot. You know what? <laughs> there is one more show I've been watching the last of us oh you do like that kind of show don't you kind of yeah i know and it's it's so dark yeah that's a um, dark show it is a dark show i'm not sure i i, I tried a little bit, a bit of the first one and i i don't think i could do that one yeah yeah it's I'm i not know sure it's I an apocalypse right show before bed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, there is that too. So hey, now there's uh, a new show that one of my friends said we have to watch. It's a comedy series. Uh, what is it on? Um, I forget what it's on. Oh, it's on Prime called Sprung. Okay. Have you I'll seen have to check that, that one? one? No, uh -uh, I haven't heard of that Apparently one. Apparently, it's a comedy series about these. Uh, well, um, about these guys that get, or I think it's males and females that get out of prison. 
um, and they're former inmates, and they kind of band together to use their criminal uh, skills for good after being released. Instead of doing bad, they get together to use their criminal oh, okay. skills for I'll good. Check that one out. It looks like yeah, it's funny, you know. Out. And the other thing, uh, Jennifer's mom's here, and and we thought that she would really like. Um, she would really like Only Murders in the Building. So we've been watching that a second time. And it's as good yeah. the second time as the first time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, we watched that one. Yeah, that's and it's good. It yeah. holds up the second time because by the time, you know, we watched the second season, by the time then you wait a year, you've forgotten what happens in the first season. So sure it's like it's do. new uh-huh. all over again. <laughs> it's, a good, yeah. it's a good show. Yeah, and I like all the characters and the actors in it are really good. Um. <clears throat> so, anything else? I can't think of anything else. I've been watching actually. No, I'm. Uh, I'm you know, like you said, there's a few shows, and they are kind of dark. <clears throat> so, well, yeah. um, that's it for today. Let's call. It, let's wrap it. Let's. I just wish mostly okay. wanted to tell you that about watching good. the launch from the ship. I know that is so cool. It was cool. It that's... would have been cooler had it been going off on time. That would have been much cooler. But well, you're so. But you live there, so you can. You know, you could always. Oh, my brother's tried that. About he lives here too, and my brother's tried that about five times, and every time the launch has been canceled. He's never, oh, wow. he's never gotten oh, to see no. it. Oh no! So, there you go. All right. Thanks, everybody. See y'all. Congratulations, you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.